Welcome back to the Road to the Olympics podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Scullion, or if you're new to this channel, I'm an Irish marathon runner. I run 209 for the marathon and recently competed at the Tokyo Olympics, albeit not very well. But I guess that was the whole purpose to start this podcast. I go through the good parts, the ugly parts, and everything in between. How I've struggled with mental health, how running's really helped me get back to you know, the highs of life, the happy parts of life. And I hope you can gain something insightful out of today's episode. Hey guys, so hope everybody's well. It's Saturday, 23rd of July. Um, I'm still in St. Moritz. This is now one week to go until Commonwealth Games Marathon. So getting into that really final stage of preparation, I suppose you could say. And there's a couple of things I can go over today on the podcast that I think would really help um, fellow marathoners, you know, even 10k half marathon, how you really approach that final week of a race um it can be it could i mean i guess it has the potential to be a great week where you know you don't have to train as much and you can really appreciate all the work you've done or it really has the potential to probably drive you a bit mad and i think having different strategies can really help obviously help you then prepare the best way you can prepare so with a week to go um the the heavy lifting you know in terms of training load should be finished um there definitely comes a time in any build-up that you essentially have to accept the work that you've either done or not done and it'll certainly get to a point where any heavy training that you choose to do at this point um, probably takes away from the race. And so it takes, bear in mind, this is all my opinion. Some people perhaps keep their training load high going into races, and I can totally appreciate why that might be. I'll give my opinion on why I personally don't and then also give my opinion on the fact that I'd like to keep the training high but I choose not to. So it's a tough week. Today um I today I really kick off, you know, either today or tomorrow um I'll have a full rest day. And this is something that Rob Demmead I guess I'm not going to say introduce me to, but certainly um, made it a high priority. And the reason for that was, I, I I think the main reason for that was to really kickstart the taper, like the final taper. You know, you you can bring the volume down from 110, 120 miles a week to, you know, maybe 95, 90. And then you're probably going to reduce it again to, you know, in my example, I think this week might be like 80, for example. 
Um, but the really that rest day became super important because not only did it help reduce the mileage a bit and help the body physically get a bit fresher, but I think psychologically it's it's the first day that you really show that intent to back off and it's a willingness you have to be willing to do that which can be really difficult um really difficult today or tomorrow for example because um you've been so used to this routine of you know full training and that's built a really nice probably rhythm to your life i go through all kinds of um different psychological um don't really know the word for it but you know if if you're struggling sometimes which you know i've been quite honest about the adhd and find it hard to sit still and you know constantly challenging myself have i made a good decision should i just run today should i not blah 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 constantly questioning myself and so the rest day for me can be difficult because I can decide to take a rest day and then 10 minutes later I can be thinking like anxiety can kick in and I can be thinking oh no no I should go run today would be a much better day if I went and ran no no you should keep the volume high like and all these kind of things and the reason running is so great is because when you go for a a decent run and you come back there's a really nice good feeling a really nice um warmth probably comes over your body mind etc etc and and there's a real sense of satisfaction so you know of course i would love nothing more in some instances than to go run and then i know when i come back i'm gonna feel you know content i'm gonna feel satisfied i'm uh, dare i say there's gonna be a happiness you know and and it's not that that's completely missing when I don't run, but it is, um, yeah, it, it is, it is difficult. Um, it is tough. So there's all sorts of challenges come, um, with the rest day. And I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but, and, and some people might be listening thinking you have absolutely no issue having a rest day <laughs> that's great um but yeah I'm, I'm definitely not it's not like i'm like the the not the phrase but you know i'm it's not like i'm over the top i'm not like it doesn't kill me to have a rest day not at all but for sure there's difficult moments where i my brain certainly tries to justify you know running and it would make today better. So, you know, I would go and do 90 minutes or, you know, see him similar tomorrow. If I choose tomorrow was the rest day, I would go do that run and, and I would come back and, and it would be a great day. You know, I, I'd feel, oh, that was nice, good run, you know, feel really relaxed and, and, and it would lead to the routine being the same as the other days. And there'd be a real nice feeling that day. But then I know I would wake up the next day and... I would be probably disappointed in myself because I would know that the rest day served a bigger purpose than like wanting today to be better because it's not about today. The rest day is there to help the race in a week's time. 
And that's so, so important to grasp that you're sacrificing a very minimal gain today, but for the greater good. And it's it really kickstarts the the discipline. It it really kickstarts the the taper um, in in a really great way. So one of the one of the things I do personally is um, you know I'm quite prone to journaling, and so I journal and and I you know I I write feelings down whatever they are. So it can be like starting to feel a little bit anxious. I've noticed that I want to go run. I've noticed that my brain is kind of bringing up all kinds of suggestions to why I should, other people do, Kipchoge does, etc., etc. You know, all this kind of inner chatter. But I know personally that when I took a rest day seven days before Antrim Half Marathon, for example, and I kick-started that taper the right way, I know that that led to a really great day. So the logic makes a lot of sense. And the only part of my brain that's not agreeing with that logic would be that, like, I don't know if it's chimp or if it's ADHD or it's just nerves or anxiety, whatever it is, that's the only part that doesn't agree. So it it could go on and on and on. So I write it down. Another really useful tip um, I've found lately I watched a Instagram video on Kobe Bryant and it just it just so happened to come up on my feed. It was I think it was a, an account called Winning Mindset something like that. Um and so I watched this clip and and he talked about you know like putting in the work and and planning and things like this and so he he said that he makes a plan and what he does is is he sort of labels it as a contract to himself and then you know he you know signs the contract to himself and then basically there's no negotiations and so what i've been doing lately is you know writing a plan for can be the day it can be the week it can be an in, like an intent as in like the intent for the week is to you know really work hard on my stretch and so i'm going to stretch for 20 minutes a day um, my plan for the week is to really nail down hydration right and so i'm going to be really great at that i'm going to be so good at my hydration and then what i actually do is i sign this contract this contract with myself and the idea is that you don't negotiate with yourself so once it's signed there's no negotiation so when I make a logical choice and I know it's the right choice, at least I believed it was the right choice when I was in a good frame of mind, I write it down, the plan for the day, and then I I sign it. And so yesterday, for example, when I was out running, the, the plan for the day was 50-30, 50 minutes in the morning, 30 in the evening. And when I got the, you know, the morning run, I kind of, don't ask me why but I had this hunch to do 70 and so as I'm starting to get to probably like 26 minutes when I need to turn back for 50 I had to remind myself of that contract and it's kind of like you know if you keep going to 35 you've either got a long walk home from 50 or you've broken your contract and the purpose of the contract was a no negotiation contract and it's just accountability. 
it it seems silly. It's going to seem silly to a lot of people, but to me, it's been a real and incredible thing that for whatever reason, I write this down in the morning, I write the plan and I sign it. And that signature means apparently enough to me that I then do the 50 minutes. And when I finish the 50 minutes, I know it's the right thing. So there's no, there's no like brain moment that's like annoyed or frustrated or anything like that. I'm just like, good. You know, you you did what was set. You you did what you knew was right and, and well done. And I think a lot of the time we, we can't win because if you did the 70, you'd be annoyed anyway because you kind of knew you weren't supposed to. So had I gone and done, you know, a longer run today, well, maybe I'd come back and be like, you probably shouldn't have done that. So I might not have enjoyed the day as much as I sort of thought anyway. So look, taper for everybody. You, you need to kind of learn what works for you. You can model model success off races where you felt good. That's a really good idea. It's a really good plan. Have a look and, you know, see what sort of went on the week of a race when it went really well. Personally, I found it really helped me, like I said, having that rest day and reducing the training and one of the one of the sort of big things i noticed was when i sort of tapered in that way i could push a lot harder on race day so i i probably surprised myself and i think you know rob at the time got really excited about that because he had you know helped influence that and he he obviously pre-race and probably during that whole week was a lot more more calm I suppose you could say than I was because I'm probably like getting really like anxious and wanting to do more and not wanting to taper that much whereas Rob's sitting there thinking no this is this is great I know he's going to really respond well from this and I know he's going to absorb all the training and I think on race day he's going to feel better than he ever has before you know and and of course it's it's a lot easier to taper a lot when you've had a big build-up and you've trained really well and you've hit all your paces and you've you've hit your miles and um, it's kind of easier, I suppose you could say, to shut things down. But I think no matter no matter the build-up, I think what you have to remember is that if you're if you're doing too much race week you'll you'll likely not be able to race you'll be able to run a solid race but you might not be able to like this is not going to be right but like race race like really race and push that heart rate higher than it's ever gone before for longer and so i think when you get the taper right you end up surprising yourself on race day that you're able to manage a higher just a higher load and a higher effort for longer um and that's that's obviously important that's what race day is all about um it's all about um being able to do something that hopefully you've never been able to do before and so that's where the the taper really comes in where the the traditional taper that i you know once was told about was you can taper three things and that's volume intensity and you know number of times per week you train i think that's fairly accurate for most events like 5k 10k half marathon 
but even with the half marathon so what i was originally told is you can only really if you want to feel good you should only really taper one of those things off so lower the intensity but keep the volume and the number of times per week you train the same so that means if you double every day of course that's 14 times a week um the the suggestion was that when you start um sorry there's a vehicle outside it's quite noisy the suggestion was when you start tapering all three it can start to you can start to not feel as good um for me personally i probably kind of find that's a bit bullshit and maybe the next phase i'm going to talk about is a lot of that can be psychological so a lot of the reason why people don't taper is because they they can't they can't deal and process their emotions that week of a race so that anxiety that nervousness and so the how they cope with that is to go train quite a lot and they find then it's easier to manage their emotions and their like the nerves and the anxiety they also would probably benefit psychologically from training a bit too hard because remember we talked about you know checking the the cake or the bread in the oven so you're you're using race week to test your fitness to put your mind at ease for the race coming up and i mean i i've done this so many times why do you think i left font before cheshire i wanted to i wanted to be down at sea level for enough days that i could you know test the fitness before going to cheshire and what ends up happening is you test the fitness but you left altitude too soon to test the fitness which meant you know race day wasn't the best day it could have been and so with the marathon i've really found tapering things back quite a bit in that final week helps me and everyone's different so i'd advise you to be open-minded about trying different things that could work for you if there's a psychological issue there well my advice would be to you know seek the right help that could figure that out like a sports psychologist or meditation or yoga or or replace running with activities that like a walk or an ice bath or you know there's there's things you can do that are stimulating and you know still get some feeling of achievement that yeah isn't running isn't taxing or at the very least you could swap out you know maybe a 90 minute run with a 45 minute run you know there is ways that you can numb it down but you know you know you're you know you should rest but you're going to really struggle with resting so you bang out a 45 um instead of a 90 me personally i write out the contract sign it and well it's history after that i just have to get through the day but normally by the time i get to like lunchtime i don't really want to run anyway so like it's fine today i'll just do some light gym so i'll go gym and um you know that was always the case like saturday wednesday saturday's gym day and so i i'll keep gym in saturday and then i'll probably actually go to the gym on tuesday 
and do something not like no heavy lifting but like still get some gym in i think gym's really important i think gym's really important overall but i especially think it's important in that last week when you're when you're starting to taper things down and the muscles have been so used to like heavy training full training and when they're in heavy and full training they can have like a really nice call it like tension and tightness and it's a and it's a good thing it's not an injury tightness it's a it's sort of a like healthy tension and that's why you feel i don't know like pretty good when you're training and all of a sudden you can taper and rest and cut things down and you lose some of that tension and you can end up feeling pretty shit and you wonder why then when the gun goes you're like oh my god (laughs) this sucks i feel shit and it's because yeah you've pretty much done next to f all all week and you've lost some of that body tension and remember that tension creates elasticity and elasticity is hopefully what pops your body off the ground in a in a nice way so really nice to get to this moment I don't honestly know if I could have paid for this moment two months ago. I don't know how much I'd have paid, probably a lot. If someone said to me, you know, Will, you can buy eight weeks of 110 to 120 miles a week at altitude and you're going to do sessions like this and, you know, you're going to do like quicker track reps like this and pretty solid tempos like this and you know two hours 15 two hours 30 every sunday over hills fuck i don't know what i'd have paid for it quite a lot i'd have probably told athletics northern ireland to get the checkbook out and (laughs) write a check (laughs) no i wish um but yeah so it's a nice it's a really nice spot to be in um quite the journey you know there's always something with me isn't there you know like tokyo was like a bit of a mental breakdown and jesus there was crying and lots of crying before i even went and lots of high strong emotions and and then obviously this build up bit different but still the adhd diagnosis and um that that's a real positive for the future because um i could never whenever i would make plans like i you know let's say i decided hey like i want to i want to win double marathon right that's let's say that's my decision i want to i want to win double marathon the first thing that would require is me to commit to it which for me in the past has been very difficult so then once you commit to it you'd then you'd map out a plan that would give you the best chance of winning double marathon and I I've never had that luxury because a I always struggle to commit in the first place. I always commit late, and then my preparation is hindered because of how late I've committed. B I can never put an optimal plan in place. I'm always putting the plan in place that I believe I can stick to, and so there's going to be a sacrifice with that. It's never like, okay, I think for me to win Dublin, I should do four weeks at sea level, four weeks at altitude, four weeks back at sea level, 12-week build-up, A, B, C, go get it done. That's perfect. But then my brain is like, "Mm, I don't know if I can commit to that. So 
why don't we wait and see, right? And and I've always had to make tiny little sacrifices in terms of my planning. And that's why I replan and I replan and I, you know, adjust the plan. And, and I'm really excited for the future that hopefully I can just be like, hey, I want to fucking do that race. I'm going to commit to it. This is the plan I'm going to do. This is going to prepare me really, really well. And you guys just get to watch me show up on race day really well prepared versus I'm kind of like my life worked in this. It's like it's a puzzle. Everyone's life's a puzzle, but my puzzle was changing every day. I had to find new pieces. I had to constantly tweak things. It wasn't a simple process. It was always forever changing. It's like trying to trying to finish a puzzle that you don't have a picture for and not only do you not have a picture but it's changing and there's missing parts <laughs> and that's that's kind of like that's kind of the story of my life that's kind of the way it's been it's the way I've always known it and and so now to be able to hopefully because of this new awareness like I haven't started any medication or this is just my own doing the the written contract thing is me thinking that's a great way to help ADHD is to I I'm gonna I'm putting a lot of respect into these contracts that I'm writing for myself and I'm saying to myself if you want to fucking break that contract you you gotta accept and admit that you're not taking yourself seriously and that's fucking really difficult to do you know and so that's the kind of thing now I I can I've committed to races before and I've signed contracts with the organizer and it it hasn't changed anything. But of course now I'll be writing contracts to myself and signing it myself and that has to mean something to me. Now there has to be a negotiation. There has to be like room for, you know, something bad happening. And of course you you might have to break a contract, but that that will be dealt with in a way that I'll probably take the decision out of my hands. So I'll probably like, for example, I'm, I'm now flying to Birmingham on the Wednesday instead of the Thursday. And the right way to go around changing that plan was to ask like the team management, like, Hey, I've been told there's a four hour process and happens when you get off the plane, accreditation, PCR test, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think it's wise that I change the travel day to Wednesday instead of Thursday, which gives me an extra day on the ground, not tired from travel, etc., etc.? I don't want the travel day to turn into a nightmare and that nightmare to be within 40 hours of the race. I'd rather it was, you know, 70 hours out from the race. Um, now, the right way to go around making changes to plans is to just ask people like, hey, if you think this is a, you know, a good idea, then I'll I'll change that. And so, yeah, like contracts, even with myself, there's going to have to be room for negotiation if something bad should happen. If I'm injured before going to altitude, if I get injured at altitude, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But really only if there's a problem, not because I, I don't know, because I'm enjoying home, for example, for a month, doesn't that mean you skip the altitude camp? altitude's really important it's played a big role in this prep it'll play big roles in future preps so and that's 
part of that's me doing my job. So just because you've enjoyed your week off work at home doesn't mean that you should just skip work all the next week. It'd be nice, but you know, we all have a a duty and and things that we have to do and perhaps we might not always want to at the time, but it doesn't stop it being really important. So yeah, look, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Um like I said, lots of not lots of moving parts, but things certainly changing. Um if if there will be further treatment with the psychiatrist, just learn and coping mechanisms, I suppose you could say. So if I wake up and I'm feeling impulsive or sensitive or something happens and it's out not out of my control, but something with ADHD, things can set you off and then it puts you in a bit of a spiral. So if you're emotional and you've got yourself a bit worked up and angry, you're probably more likely to do something impulsive in that next two or three hours, book something, change something, plan something, buy something, blah, 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 react in a way you shouldn't, say something you shouldn't. Um, And that's where the coping strategies probably come in, that you'd be like, okay, um, maybe you should just journal a little bit and write down all the things you're annoyed about. And then you write down all the things you're annoyed about and you're kind of like, oh, I'm still kind of worked up. And so then you might need another maybe going for a run for example would really help so there's going to be ways to cope and it's up to me to learn these because one of the most important things i've i've now decided is prior to being diagnosed i had this like excuse even though i didn't per se know what that excuse was there there was there was an excuse you know it was real it it, it was something i was born with it's a brain malfunction or something um but now i don't have that excuse anymore the condition is still there but it's now my responsibility i still live in a world where there's certain expectations and for example if one of the one of the symptoms of adhd is less control over your emotions and highly sensitive and so if somebody does something that offends you and you you're very sensitive so you take it really to heart and you have a lack of emotional control so all this emotion builds up and it can feel overwhelming and you can say things that you might later regret while while that is a thing for people with ADHD and it's a very real thing and it's a very real thing for most of us but some people are better than others at taming they they might they might be thinking they'd love to react in a certain way and say a certain thing and shout at the top of their voice certain things but they choose not to i've never had that luxury of choosing not to and i just out with it um but it's now my responsibility to you know try to stop that not respond in ways hopefully and hopefully i'll be able to recognize my emotions are starting to build up and then know hey this is likely maybe not just adhd but part of it but or or if that should happen i at least need to be big enough and ugly enough to own it and say like as quickly as i can like hey sorry you know i i shouldn't have reacted like that and and there's no excuses and so 
yeah, look, there, it's going to be a challenge, but there's no excuses anymore, especially for things like, you know, changing plans and um, impulsive, I'm leaving altitude or impulsive, I'm going to altitude. Um, Jackie Newton, who's always helped and looked after me with Athletics Northern Ireland, you know, she wrote a letter to the psychiatrist, actually, and within that there was, um, you know, I could talk to Stephen on the Friday and he could be really excited about the camp that he's on, you know, three weeks to go, something like this, and really excited about the next race, training's going really well, and and then a day or two later, she'd, you know, catch wind, that or catch word, catch wind, that I'm back in Belfast, and it would be confusing to her because she'd be thinking, I mean, I just spoke to him a day ago, two days ago, and he seemed happy and seemed content where he was, and that impulsiveness, it hasn't gone unnoticed within the circles that I, I sort of operate in. I mean, you guys know from the podcast, people know if they've trained with me, people know if they've coached me. Um, and so those things like that needs to stop. And in the past, I probably didn't understand the impulsiveness, the feelings, the big urge to leave. You know, I, it, it happened. It was real. I felt it like I might be able to tame it for a day, but then I'd wake up the next day and I'd still want to leave. And I would think it was my gut feeling. I trust it. I'd be like, no, no, you need to go. And now I need to be like, fuck away off ADHD. I'm not leaving. And I need to write things down and I need to, you know, meditate and I need to, you know, work on these coping mechanisms and realize that this is, this is me seeking, pretty much seeking dopamine, the brain, my ADHD brain doesn't release the same level, doesn't use or process or release the same levels of dopamine that others does. And so changing plans, making impulsive decisions, at the drop of a or the click of a fingers is there's a rush to that there's a big surge in dopamine there's and all of a sudden i i obviously gain happiness out of it i gain something out of it or of course i wouldn't do it it's that simple so lots to work on lots to keep figuring out but this camp has been amazing the prep has been really good the fitness has to be really good <laughs> um you don't quite know until you go to sea level. I didn't know before London 209 that, or my 6108. I didn't realize I could do that until I went to sea level and, you know, did some training at sea level. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. So fingers crossed that's what happens next week. Um, but we'll find out in like a week's time. Holy shit. Um, but I'm going to get ready for gym now. And this was a nice 35 minutes because put 35 minutes into my day on my rest day but appreciate you guys all listening and hope you have a lovely day